0: Welcome to Unscripted, your weekly podcast featuring Kirby Hasselman and Bill Petrie, where they talk about all things promotional, marketing, and branding. As always, it's brought to you by Promo Corners Identity Marketing, the interactive tool for promotional products professionals. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. and welcome to yet another episode of Unscripted as always, I am your co-host Bill Petrie with me as always is my good pal good time player man Kirby Hossman Kirby how the hell are you?
1: <laughs> I am I, I love the tradition and I'm doing well and uh, it's always good to talk to you buddy.
0: As Jim Nance would say, it's a tradition unlike any other.
1: <laughs> right. Absolutely. It's the only time you or I will be compared to Jim Nance today.
0: You know what? And I'm actually okay with that. Um, <laughs> he, he is definitely one of my uh, football kryptonite. Oh, him, really? Him, him along with Phil Sims. Oh, yeah. It's a complete tune-down, power-down power, power down for me. can't okay. stand him.
1: Well, that's good. That's interesting. That's a little, but, a little bit of information there.
0: It is. But you know what I can stand, What's Kirby? That? The new... Bay State 2017 catalog, and I don't know if you know or are aware of this. You may or may not be. I really don't know. It's available right now. Okay, it is. If you want one, all you need to do is ask, and it's it's a beautiful catalog, very easy to follow. It's got 19 new products added to you know the technology sections, housewares, healthcare, writing instruments. It's it's all there. Plus, if you're techno- technologically savvy. You can get on your Google machine nice. and go to BaseState.com and see all of those fabulous new Bay State products that, frankly, we all know and love. And don't ever forget to check out those ice creamers.
1: For sure, my man. For sure. Well, cool, man. So it's always good to talk to you. I am uh, uh, always look forward to this. It's one of my favorite pieces of content we do every week, as you know. Um, it's a good time, yeah. yeah. So uh, do you have a topic you want me to go first?
0: Um, I'm going to ask you to go first. I'm going to ask you, and, and as always, I'm going to thank you for having the courage to do this <laughs> podcast. Why don't you go ahead and start us off today, Dr. Kirby Hassan? All
1: right, cool. Uh, we'll start a little bit light. Um, so you know that um, we've uh, just recently hired uh, someone new here at HMC and uh, really excited about Emily Bradford is who recently joined us. She's doing a great job. She's only about a week into the job. And she's doing such a good job. It's kind of weird to think that it's only been a week. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's been excellent. And what I've found is we, we've we kind of redefined the position and we've made her um, uh, inside sales sales assistant um, as opposed to just a customer service rep because we want her to be on offense, right? And we want that position to be on offense.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: what I've found is and, – and this is by design but it, I didn't realize how fast it was going to happen – is by doing that, by delegating some of those things that – quite frankly, Amy and I were just so used to doing, it's really shifted in a really brief period of time, my thinking. I'm like, oh man, I need to take it to the next level. I need to, to start thinking bigger and start thinking about in that 80, 20 rule that I'm doing the 20% instead of the 80%. Right. Um, and so I'm excited about it, but I thought, you know, I'd love to hear some advice, whether it's from you, from our audience of, Hey, what, what are some things I should be um, doing delegating what what are some things I can do to set myself up for success with, with having someone to help me like this I didn't know if you had any thoughts
0: you know uh, as it turns out Kirby I do have thoughts <laughs> um, and I am now in the process of coalescing them into a single line of coherent thinking which I will now speak okay so yeah I think you should look to delegate everything one of the things um, I've always learned or not always learned that's a ridiculous comment, I've always (laughs) learned something. One of the things I've I've always believed is that there's $500 an hour work Mm. and there's $20 an hour work. And so as you and Amy kind of go through a typical day, typical week and the the things you do, there are things that you do that are $500 an hour work and that is working with clients, right? Mm. Selling products, moving merchandise, um, producing commercials and the things that you do on the video side. And then there's the $20 an hour work, the invoicing, the follow-up phone calls. So anything you, you can do to offset and and shift who's doing that um, kind of front-line grunt work, that's what you should be doing. So I, I would suggest you really take a hard look at your activities and take the uh, keep the $500 an hour work. That's what you should be focused on. And you should delegate as much of that twenty dollar an hour work as possible.
1: Yeah, and it's it's, it's funny um, because I totally agree f- philosophically, right? But I think right. what, what I've found is, and, and I think this is true of a lot of salespeople, entrepreneurs. It's hard to let go of that stuff sometimes uh, because it's like, oh gosh, um, it, and and then not only that, it's hard to let go, but it's like, oh man, I need to totally retrain my brain to think bigger. You know, I need to be. Um, changing some of my activities so it's been i, I totally get it intellectually but it's it, it's been an interesting transition for me in, in a good but way here's but super here's fun. the
0: thing you probably don't like to get rid of that 20 dollar an hour work because it's comfortable oh yeah okay. and it's the way you do it and you don't want anybody else to do it a different way not you i'm talking about the global you yep um but i would challenge that i would challenge you on that that you need to as much as you can, allow Emily to find her own way and make some mistakes, and she may find a better way to do some of those things than you know. Oh, and so I would – I would, honestly, I would offload as much as you could and then pull back later if you needed to.
1: Mm, I like it. Well, that's cool. Yeah, right?
0: I'm, I'm a big believer. I'm a huge believer. And Jason Lukash loves this saying um, at Orgaudio, Um <laughs> And it's, I love to give employees enough rope to either climb up or hang themselves.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. And what, what I've found, I guess, and th- this is the great news, is that she's doing a great job already. And so absolutely. it's actually m- making me run faster. So I Good. feel like that's the best kind of, of hire so far. So that's awesome.
0: It absolutely is. Absolutely is. So, so best, best of luck, luck to you, Emily. Emily. Hopefully part of your job description is listening to this podcast.
1: <laughs> that's right. Well, cool, man. That's That's what I got. So what's next? Okay. So I've got a
0: question for you. Okay. So I I was looking at um, distributors today. And obviously there's a lot of consolidation things like that. And I was thinking back over the past few years and how much the distributor model in some ways has shifted and in other ways has not shifted. What do you think – the most successful, I'm going to ask you to get out your crystal ball, not the song by Sticks, but your actual crystal ball. Okay. What does a distributor, a successful distributor, look like in the year 2020? So just three years from now,
1: mm.
0: what does a successful distributor look like in 2020?
1: <laughs> well, first of all, I think that the thing that strikes me right away is the fact that 2020 is only three years away. <laughs> when you said yeah. that, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so and, uh, here, here are my thoughts and I'll be curious because I, I think we might have a little bit of a differing opinion on this. But, um, but my thoughts are, uh, I think that for the most part, we are moving to a place where um, distributor businesses need to pick a lane. I think that um, whether and, and and I think what I've done in the past is draw the line of e commerce and I, so let me take that off the table. I think essentially the the line I mean is that I think people are either going to be competing on price or they're going to be competing on additional services and so um, if you want to fight in the space, you know it's just like any other business, really like the Walmarts, right I think we're going to have distributors who are who are um, hustling to, to beat everybody on price, and that's going to be their go-to-market strategy is, hey, we can get this cheaper for you. Um, that's not a place I want to fight, but I think that there are people who, who can succeed there. And then I think the other side of it are going to be people who are like, look, I'm not going to um, take part in the race to the bottom, but in order to compete in that world, I'm going to need to provide additional services, whether that's graphic design work, whether it's video like we do, whether it's you know additional um, just... Um, sort of creative uh, campaign building, I sort of think it's going to – we're going to – the two people that are successful, the two kinds of businesses are going to be on one side or the other. I think where, where people are going to struggle and it's that squirrel in the middle of the road is that they're, they aren't going to have a clearly defined um, unique selling proposition and they're going to try and do both and those are the people that are going to get run over. So that's, that's sort of my take.
0: Okay. Interesting. Uh, you're completely and utterly wrong. Uh, is, I, I'm sorry to tell you that. You're completely wrong. Um, no, actually, you're not. Um, but I do disagree with you. Okay. I think a successful distributor will, very similar to what you said, I think they'll expand their service offerings but I think they won't lead with promotional products. They'll use mm. promotional products to supplement the other service offerings, whether it's content creation, social media, or things that are more tangible like video production, audio pod production, things like that. Mm. And I think you know promotional products will be part of that mix. I think we're shifting more towards you know everything is cyclical, right? right. You know, I look at the way my kids dress now. And they dress very much like how I did in the late 80s, you know, kind of that, that whole preppy look thing, um, whereas I'm sure their kids will dress like they were part of Soundgarden or something <laughs> like that. Um, but it's cyclical. And so I think where at, at, at some point consumers gravitated toward that big giant monolith of a company is for their advertising and their promotional products to a lesser extent, I think... The, the successful promo, per promotional products distributor will look much more like a boutique advertising agency mm. um, where it's people who not only just say they're creative because like, anybody can do that. It's just like, hey, you know what? I can say I'm a millionaire. It doesn't make me a millionaire. <laughs> Neither does saying creative make me creative, but it's the people who are going to, to be able to share that they're creative and back it up with tangible stories that prove they're creative. So I, I think in 2020, I think we're going to shift much more, more towards the boutique distributor that has a whole cadre of products and services they sell, and promotional merchandise supports those other vehicles.
1: Hmm. Yeah. No, I, I think that's interesting. I think from my perspective, and, and you know this about, we, we have sort of that model, Bill, Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense do. That, yeah, so we, we, we have in-house video production, we have in-house graphic design. We, so we sort of do that. Um, but what I've found is, um, those pieces of the business are much more high margin and fantastic mm-hmm. and they are separators for us. Right. Right. But they're, they're harder to scale. Right, because there is Very it, much so. actual human time that goes into each piece. Whereas the promotional products piece, if you can get the right kind of clientele, that's the piece that I see where you can still grow. Um, mm. So it's 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 going to be an interesting discussion because I really actually believe we are in the midst of a um, a sea change in the industry, and so it's kind of it's both scary and kind of cool to be a part of it.
0: I, you know change is always scary but it's, it's one, one of those one constants right yeah. the irs is scary too but they're a constant <laughs> um, but it, it's you know it, it's it's kind of like getting on a roller coaster blindfolded and that's that's what life is like and it, you can either panic and hold the rails the whole time or just kind of understand that there's going to be twists and turns you can't anticipate mm. and uh, just roll along with it
1: yeah, and enjoy the ride. Yeah, I like it. Yes, That's sir. Cool.
0: All right, Kirby, what do you got?
1: Okay, I, I'm going to go a little bit deeper this time. Um, uh oh. Yeah, right. Um, so I want to talk about partnerships. Um, you know, it's interesting. That seems to be other really- than other than creative
0: partnership is the most overused word in our industry. Yeah, it's, it's and fun- disruption.
1: Yeah, it's funny you say that because that was exactly right. I was about to say it's one of those buzzwords that I'm hearing bandied about a lot. Um, that, you know, distributors and suppliers need to act as partners. And um, I guess, you know, it's interesting. I, 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 I want to throw this out here and, and quite frankly question it. Um, not that it should be, but whether we are actually treating it as such. Um, so I want to go a, a little bit candid here. Uh, a year or so ago, um, we went through a cash flow crunch. Um, here at at our office and so we were struggling to just just keep up now business was good but it was as many of you will who are listening will understand it's about getting your clients to pay you half as fast as you can as your suppliers want you to pay them and so Mm -hmm. in the interest of the the idea because I've always bought into the idea of the partnership and thinking, you know, if my clients are running a little late, but they reach out and they say, hey, just so you know, it's coming, but blah, blah, blah. That always, that always makes me feel like, okay, they're not avoiding me. Because I get really concerned when people are late with their bills and it's crickets. Right. <laughs> uh, so, um, so in the interest of that, um, quite frankly, before we were uh, late with a few of the vendors, but kind of anticipating, hey, we're going to be just outside of 30 days. I sent a letter to some of our, some some of our suppliers and just from me saying, Hey, just so you know, we're, we're in one of those ebbs and flows seasons and, uh, just want to let you know it's coming. Just want you to be on the front end of it because we consider this a partnership and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, I really, it was my call to do that. And it, I felt like it was the right and responsible thing to do. And a couple of our suppliers handled it the way I thought they would and say, okay, great. Just keep us posted. And a couple of them nearly shut us off (laughs) Hmm. and where they said, Oh, okay. So now you had a line of credit with us. It's now gone. You -hmm. need to pay us up front for, um, orders moving forward. And by the way, it wasn't just one place and I'm not picking on anybody. Right. Right. Um, but it was an interesting moment for me because I was like, wait, (laughs) I thought we were partners (laughs) and, 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 and it it was a, I came back to the office and just said, okay, we're never doing that again because at the end of the day, you trained me how to treat you. And so some people trained me to say, well, Hey, if we're having tough times, you're going to be the last to know. And so I was just curious to know your thought about that because I think partnerships are an overused word and it was one of those pieces where I'm like, well, are we partners or not?
0: Well, first of all, no good deed goes unpunished, um, (laughs) clearly. And, you know, it's one I'm trying to look at it from an objective perspective. So someone calls me up and says, hey, just experiencing a little cash flow, please be patient with us. And I'm sure you handled that with, with, uh, you know, delicacy and professionalism and tact. Um, I can understand from a supplier's perspective where it might cause them to think, Especially if you, in one sentence, say, "Hey, experiencing a cash flow challenge." Yep, give yep, it. Yep. Oh, by the way, I need to order about twenty-eight thousand dollars worth of product.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: So, so I, I think that you have to factor that into it as well. So, you know, I, I agree with you. The word partnership is thrown around there. I, I've said it for years. Um, when I was on, you know, working on the distributor side, and I'd go to clients, and I would just call it out. I'd say, you know, I want to be your partner, but. What does that even mean? It's, it's kind of a meaningless word unless we back it up and I'll explain what it meant to me being a partner. So because our industry is so fractured, Kirby, right. you're going to get different responses from different people. Because you may not know. Nobody knows unless they're bold like you are and say, hey, you know, we're experiencing cash flow. And that's got to be a hard phone call to make. Right. Somewhat embarrassing probably even though it shouldn't be. It's a reality. But – I would think there's a little bit of embarrassment there, potentially. It shouldn't yeah. be. Um, to say, hey, we're having a cash flow. They may be having a cash flow issue mm, yeah. that you yeah. don't know about. So I, I think you know partnership, I learned a long time ago. I'm talking about my learnings a lot today. <laughs> um, I used to have a boss who shall absolutely remain nameless, who used to preach to me about ethics all the time how ethical he was and how unethical some certain other people were and and that he lost his job and I ended up taking his position. And when I was going through his office, I noticed on some of his expense reports all these fancy dinners that apparently I went to, <laughs> although I don't remember actually eating the meals. Um, so ethics is a very changeable and malleable personal thing. Yeah. I think partnership is too. Yeah. So what partnership means to you, Kirby, it may mean something different to me. It may mean something different to a supplier. Yeah. So I think the, the point of all this is, except for me extending my answer as long as I can, is that maybe when when you do form those partnerships, define what the partnership means to you right? and what, what, what tangible actions a partner should bring to the table.
1: No, it's fair. And again, I'm it's taken me a while to talk about because at the time I was certainly frustrated, but I'm not upset about it now. And I do understand. I see from their side. Right. Um, But it is one of those things where you're right. It's not well defined. And maybe that's one of the reasons the word doesn't mean anything.
0: Well, I think it's the whole reason why disruption has completely lost all its meaning. Yeah. I, I, I don't even know what it means anymore. And if another person tells me they're disrupting the marketplace, I'm going to stab myself it with a pair of scissors in the <laughs> eye. It, it just means nothing.
1: Well, cool, man. Uh, so we're almost at 20, believe it or well, not. But uh, Well, I've got, I've got a quick one for yeah, you. Yeah, please. So
0: you and I both enjoy the football, American yes. style. And I'm sure you watched the football games this past Sunday, the championship games for the, the right to go to the Super Bowl. Yes. First of all, they were very shitty games to watch. Um, two, two blowouts, two completely non-competitive games. Yeah. So now we're, we are with the Tom Brady, Bill Belichick-led New England Patriots, mm-hmm. Who is loved oh so much by Joel Moore. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Versus the Atlanta Falcons, led by Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Yeah. Kirby, I know it's almost two weeks away. I'm going to ask you right now preliminary thoughts on who wins the Super Bowl. Go.
1: Wow. Okay. So, um, I, you know, it's interesting. I, I'm a weird guy in the sense I'm, I'm not a fan of either team. So we, we know
0: we know you're a weird guy, yeah. but thank you for restating the obvious.
1: But I, I actually kind of – I think I'm probably leaning toward uh, Tom Terrific and and the Patriots. I, I think that they're kind of that team that America has decided to love or hate um, just because they've been good for so long. And from my perspective, there's a lot of people who hate them because of that. Now, they, they're going to hide behind the <laughs> – you know their cheaters thing. At the end of the day, you know what that means? It means they wanted it more than you did. That's it. And okay. so I, I don't. I don't really fall into that. The idea that of deflated football suspended the most, the biggest star in a, that league for four games is the most absurd created controversy in the history of sports. But anyway,
0: bold <laughs> an statement.
1: Yeah, it's it's so stupid. <laughs> it's. Um, but uh, I really like the Falcons as a team. I actually think that they're really good. So I. Honestly, I'm gonna I'm probably gonna lean toward rooting for the Patriots I don't really care, um, but I'm mainly rooting for a good game because those last two were disastrous.
0: Okay, so uh, Gosh, this made me go a little long here because you're you're drawing <laughs> me off sides with your answer. I am pulling for the Falcons hardcore um, I do not like the Patriots, yeah. although I respect the hell out of them yeah. uh, completely respect the culture of excellence that Bill Belichick and, and Tom Brady have created in New England There's no and Robert Kraft, the owner. Yeah. No question that they've created a culture of team first and excellence. And I don't have the vocabulary to express how much I love that. I also don't have the vocabulary to express how much of a miserable human being that son of a bitch Belichick seems to be. <laughs> And I like people who seem to enjoy life. I am sure you get I, get him out of the competitive environment he's in. Probably a good guy, but it's hard to root for him if you're not a fan of the team, and I'm not. Yeah. So I don't. I. It's not like the University of Texas, which is a team I wish absolutely nothing but failure upon. <laughs> um. That's right. University of Texas, nothing but failure every sport. Every event, every individual, <laughs> nothing but failure. Anyway, I, I digress. I, I just don't want to see the Patriots win another Super Bowl. I really don't. I'd like to see the Falcons do it. Um, I really like their head coach Dan Quinn, and I think I think it's I think it's got the potential. Like you, I'm rooting really for a good game. At the end of the day, I really don't care who wins. I'm going to pull for the Falcons. Um, I, I just think it's got the potential to be the first Super Bowl that's going to score combined uh, you know, over 110 points.
1: <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> it would. Um, it would. Cool. Well, that's. I don't think we drew you too far off sides there. I, I think that was good.
0: All right. Well, mm-hmm. well, we'll let Joel be the judge of that. Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right? Well, Joel, cool. I secretly love the Patriots. Don't <laughs> listen to what I just said earlier.
1: So – real quickly before we wrap it up, I know we're almost at the end of time, but I'm going to see you in a week or so, aren't aren't I? You are. You're coming
0: down to Nash-tucky, as I so affectionately call it. uh, Coming down to Nashville for the Promotional Products Association of the Mid-South, Mid-South Promo Show. And you and I are doing Education Day again this year. Yeah. Very honored to do that. Yeah, me too. And as part of it, we will be doing the second ever
1: live podcast. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That was fun last time.
0: It was fun. I think uh, I've actually gotten some people who are pretty excited about that session, that they really want to do podcasts and they, they really uh, want some help there. So I think it'll, I think it'll be pretty cool.
1: Cool. Well, it was great to talk to you today, buddy. Um, My pleasure. And uh, now. Did you tell me at the beginning of the show that Bay State has a new catalog?
0: You know, Kirby, I did. And gosh darn it, thank you for bringing it up again. They do. It's 2017. And you know what it's time to do, Kirby? What's that? It's time to get off your ass and sell some Bay State products, folks. <laughs> right now.
1: <laughs> right now.
0: And there's no better way to help you do that than the new 2017 catalog. Because you know what, Kirby? It's available. As I said earlier in the show, wish you would really listen to me. Clearly, you didn't. Um, 19 new products added to almost every category. So go visit them on their website at BayState.com. And damn it, go move some BayState product, people. Let's go. I love it, man. It was good to talk to you. Once again, thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. As always, brought to you by the good people at Promo Corners Identity Marketing, the interactive tool for promotional products professionals.